0: Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Let's Talk version of the BTP podcast. We are joined yet again with Daniel Mulligan. Hey there, Dan. How's it going? Hey there, my man. Life is wonderful. Glad to
1: be here with you on this wonderful thing. I just realized that you changed your uh, Skype, basically, photo, and wow. you look just terrific on this new photo. Well, thank so just you, man. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. Or thank you for noticing.
1: <laughs> Obviously. It's pretty obvious here. It's just... Literally, I see it, and it's just I, I just cannot not comment literally. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you about that. Um, have how, 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 how have you been recently? Life is wonderful, but working
1: on our projects, of course, because we're involved with a couple of things. And since I have uh, business interests in different countries, our biggest challenge now in the world of global commerce is the issue of currency rates right. in different countries. And uh, right now, uh, in three of the countries that I personally have interest in, Uh, We are seeing a decline in the value of the currency, thanks Mm -hmm. to Donald Trump's aggressive policies. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: we're now waiting to see what China does with uh, the U.S. and all that stuff. We're kind of concerned about this because recently uh, Trump added a lot of new tariffs against China. As you know, China is the biggest uh, manufacturer in the world and uh, sends a lot of stuff all around the world. So we're waiting to see what happens uh, with China. For now, their economy is pretty strong, but we'll see in the future. And I just hope that things will get better at some point.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's going to be really difficult to keep tabs on all different currencies for you as well. Uh, I have similar interests, uh, not not probably as much as you do, but um, a little bit. So it makes it a little bit difficult to keep tabs on all different currencies, especially in a such a volatile.
1: It's crazy, because <laughs> because what makes international commerce tick is stability of the currency. Like,
0: if you yeah, want to make it invoice,
1: for example, if you want to reach an agreement with a client, then you've got to be able to rely on a specific, uh, basically price of the currencies and when things all go up all the time then of course things get a little bit tough but for now as you know this is business we're entrepreneurs yeah yeah. we're supposed to deal with all sorts of difficult things and this is nothing we cannot handle so we're gonna go forward with optimism and zest
0: oh absolutely i'm sure i'm sure we can handle it i'm just saying like it's such a volatile uh economy it's uh all around the world it's gonna be a you can bit more thank Donald than...
1: Trump for that. You can <laughs> thank Donald Trump for that. And I thank I, all the people who voted for him in the last I, election.
0: <laughs> I keep him in mind during my prayers. Don't worry. Uh, That's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go. Let's dive into our topic today. So we've been, uh, you know, to, talking about this book, Flow, uh, quite a lot and referring to it quite a lot. So we decided to go and actually do an episode on it. I was like, you know what, if we do do that, even if, we, if the audience haven't uh, read the book, <laughs> First of all, they might be encouraged to read it, which is a very good book. And secondly, um, they, they, they get a better grasp of what we're referring to because it's I'm pretty sure it's gonna keep coming up in our future episodes. Such a good book. Um the the full title is Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience, and I want you to say the name of the author. <laughs> That's because... right. Everybody has problems
1: pronouncing <laughs> this name. And it took me personally seven months to learn that darn name of this wonderful wonderful psychologist. Amazing person. Sir yep. Mihai, from uh, originally from Hungary, who later moved to the U.S. and uh, mm. became a wonderful professor. And uh, right now, basically, his book has transformed my life. There are very few books that I think of as a must-read for all, and yep. uh, there aren't a lot of books out there that I find irresistible, and uh, this book probably... If I, I want to recommend one book to everyone on right. this planet if that if you were supposed to read only one book and never read a single book ever again i would say that book will be flow because not only this book has changed my life and the lives of the people that i recommend this book to, all of them were quite baffled by the book and right. couldn't just believe their lives literally got transformed and more importantly it's, it's, it's really about life it's about happiness and success it's about understanding what it means to live a life uh, by your own admission, and it's just a wonderful title. Perhaps one of the book, uh, best books ever, although mm-hmm. recently, actually, I found as uh, my second most favorite book of all time, which I'm currently reading right now. It is called Homo Dios, which is... Uh, oh, if, I'm going to read that. That's right. Uh, that book is just... it. It has uh, It's not as great as, uh, of course, the book Flow, which we're going to mm-hmm. talk in a moment, right. but if Flow was my first most favorite book of all time, then, of course, Homo Dios will be the second which is a book all about futurism and in the best way possible. I'm right, not sure right, if you've written it as well.
0: No, I have it. I'm, I literally have it on a physical copy. I am looking at it at this second. And I soon. You see, this book, uh,
1: because you and I both uh, are futurists, uh, and yeah. our podcast is dedicated, uh, one-third of our podcast is dedicated entirely to the concept of futurism because right. we don't always have much success. We also talk about future a lot. And since our podcast is a futuristic podcast in nature, Mm -hmm. then we will definitely, definitely, I will definitely put a review on uh, basically social media as soon as I finish it because I don't want to rush through the book. I just want to digest every single chapter. But if there is one book that I recommend everybody in the world is Flow. And if there's if they want to read a second book, it'll be, of course, uh, uh, Homo Dios, which uh, will hopefully be covered in our future programs as well.
0: Right, yeah. I'm going to dive on that guy, too, and then we're we, going we to have definitely another episode on it. Uh, but let's get to flow right now, because so much content to cover, and I'm super excited here. So, you know, right off the bat, in the introduction section of this book, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a tiny bit of quote, and I'm going to read out, uh, off the book. 2,300 years ago, Aristotle concluded that, more than anything else, men and women seek Happiness. Care to comment on that? You Absolutely. That? See,
1: whatever, you know, we've already mentioned this earlier. The reason that people do whatever they do is because they're aspiring to have higher levels of happiness. I mean, let's be honest. Why do you go? I mean, you could just uh, lay on your bed and remain hungry until you die, right? Why do we do what we do? We have predominantly, on a biological level, we have two major uh, basically drives, which are survival and reproduction. Mm-hmm. However, on its psychological level, we seek happiness. Now, yeah. happiness obviously contains and includes within it both survival and reproduction. However, happiness is a much bigger concept uh, that we could ever possibly realize. And unfortunately, we're living in a world where consumers and runs abound. And because of this, we have forgotten what it means to be happy. Every single product, every single ad- advertisement, every single commercial promises us to make us happier if you just pay the price, if you just buy this latest damn thing that nobody cares about. But ultimately, happiness is why we do what we do. It's why we go uh, to the extremes. It's why we sacrifice ourselves for our families. It's why we uh, try to spend hours and hours and study. Everything we do, we do for happiness. And of course, if you want to have a great life, you've got to know what it means to be happy.
0: And this book really shines the way. Uh, precisely, I I couldn't agree with you more on that. And uh, you know, I, I'm just going to say another quote. And obviously, we're going to talk about more about this particular part. But just uh, to to get a to get a starter. Uh, ask yourself whether you are happy, said J.S. Mill, and you cease to be so. Being fully involved with every detail of uh, our lives, whether good or bad, that we find happiness, not by trying to look for it directly. So it's not about looking for it directly, is what, it, uh, right. what this uh, gentleman says. It's by actually, um, you know, uh, being immersed and involved in every aspect of your activity, day-to-day activities, and your lives, essentially. Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you uh, build on that? Do you first of all, do you agree with it? Uh, of, course, of course, I
1: do. You see, what people sometimes think about happiness, the problem with most of us is that we sometimes don't understand the difference between comfort, uh, basically, and uh, pleasure versus happiness. And unfortunately, the majority of what we have been told make us happy don't really make us happy. They just make us more comfortable or they give us more pleasure. And in this book, specifically the author focuses on this distinction between pleasure versus happiness, comfort versus happiness. Mm -hmm. And because of this, ultimately I really believe that happiness, as it's been declared in uh, the U.S. Constitution, it's really a pursuit. It is not Mm -hmm. something that you get to and then that's it. I got happiness right now. Happiness is a pursuit. And uh, the U.S. Constitution considers uh, three of our rights that are quite inalienable in nature. And, uh, of course, one is life, one is liberty, and the third one is the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness, precisely. Again, I'm not trying to get too political in here, but that's one of the reasons why I love the U.S. Constitution, because this is really such an amazing approach towards life. That is, there are three rights that are completely inalienable and that everybody should have, and those are life, liberty. And the pursuit of happiness. And because of this, I believe that happiness is a pursuit, which is why for me the word goals is such a topic, such a hit, like major keyword that I use all the time. Because happiness is not something that you get and then it's over. It is not something that you buy and then you keep for yourself for the rest of your life. Happiness is a pursuit. And in this book, uh, the, uh, the author talks about what it means to actually experience happiness. They're call this, this whole experience is called flow, which we're going to cover right. in detail in a moment.
0: Right. And um, I'm going to read another section here. Our perception about our lives are the outcome of many forces that shape the experience. So what, what, what I take out of this is when I look at some event, I may... To to a very similar I- event at two different times with two different mindsets with two different perceptions. Sometime I get super anxious or angry or 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 um, you know get upset about some event. Similar event, very similar, like right? super similar. Of course, it's not the yes, same thing I... because it's not feasible to uh, illustrate it as the exact same. But it's very similar, good mm-hmm. enough to say as it's a duplicate. But with a different perception, I'm in a good mood, for example, or something, and I and I'm like you know what. Let's, let's figure out a way to, you know, solve this problem. So what I'm trying to say is that I've seen it with my own, in my own life, how my own perception, my That's own true. mood, my own, how, how I'm feeling at the moment, at that moment that I'm perceiving the, the, the events, the experience, uh, changes what I actually, in fact, experience. Wow. Uh, uh, yes, it, it's, it's, it's true. And I, and I really believe in the fact that percep- of our perception of how things are, makes a lot uh, of our experience, shape a lot of our experiences, uh, whether we're that's sad right. or, or, or upset. Um, do you agree with that? Of course, you see, ultimately, uh, that's the major
1: theme in this book is that things around us do not make us happy or sad. It is our interpretation of those events. And a great point that the author reminds us is that the world, unfortunately, unlike what most people believe in their religions and faiths and whatnot, the world is not built with humans interest in mind the world is not shake the world doesn't care like excuse me on this part of the earth there are a lot of people so i will not shake and have an earthquake it's not like that nature is neutral and nature doesn't give a damn and in this condition once we understand that the world doesn't owe us anything and that the, the world doesn't care about humanity's interest or desires then that's when we understand ultimately happiness is our job and it's how we respond to things that are happening, which means it all comes down to one thing, and that is your interpretation of the reality. How do you interpret The reality, what is your approach? Do you tend to think in a negative way when things go uh, somehow south? Or do you somehow, as Pujic mentioned earlier, do you try to focus your attention on the the positive? Do you try to uh, re-somehow examine things and change the way you interpret and think of the things that are happening around you? Only then you'll have happiness. And that's exactly why I believe the key to happiness is control over your mind. And this book talks a lot about this issue. It says you control your life to the degree to which you control your attention and your mental energy,
0: because if you can't do that,
1: then, of course, you will suffer from what we call psychological entropy, which is covered in this book as well.
0: Uh, Very true, and I want to grab our attention a little bit uh, towards something slightly different than perception, but we can connect the two, and I'm going to quote two things off this uh, topic. The foremost reason that happiness is so hard to achieve is that the universe was not designed with the comfort of human beings in mind. Precisely and there's a there's a quote from j h holmes the universe is not hostile nor yet is it friendly it is simply h. indifferent
1: so what it simply means is that, that nature doesn't give a fuck that's pretty much what it says pretty much yeah, yeah because
0: funny. because like we really th- we uh, i i when i say we i mean we as humans and uh i even the the selfless people I think as, as in general, we are uh, such self, uh, self-involved self creatures, self-centered creatures that we think uh, everything should be according to our will or whatever, Thanks. especially when it comes to universe, because that's not the point. We are just a tiny fraction of a byproduct of a lot of things that ha- is happening in the universe. It's it's oh, like dude, you're a
1: physicist, man. You're a physicist. You know much more about <laughs> these stuff. You spend all your hours talking about these things. I know
0: precisely, and th- th- that's that's, that's right. part of the things that I'm actually super interested about physics because it it, it uh, enables me to think like that. And uh, it it would be is probably even more drastically, but it would be so somewhat equivalent of you uh, going at a hundred kilometers per hour with your car and dust blows behind you on the side of the road. You wouldn't care. That's that's the universe going with that speed in the car and that you We're are the dust. dust. Yeah, the oh, byproduct.
1: Yeah. So, so Never thought of, of, of course. myself as a dust, buddy. That's the first time you just literally ruined my entire self-esteem <laughs> as a human being.
0: Well, that's a good <laughs> like, thing. Sometimes you... I'm a
1: dust. You know that? The universe is a car and I'm a friggin' dust. I- I'm so dusty. I don't feel like a dust anymore. All right. <laughs> Pretty cool. But joke aside, it is true, man. Nature yeah. is neutral. It doesn't care. And right. the, the sooner we realize this fact and the sooner we take action to change our perceptions and to perception. understand that
0: we need to build
1: that level of control over our attention and that level of flexibility in our approach to our life, then, of course, we will suffer otherwise. We have to do this.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. And that's where it connects to this perception, because when you change your perception, noticing how... Uh, universe is not built to satisfy, to gratify you, to comfort you, then you're That's you're going to take the baton and actually be like, okay, I have to do something about this now. That's right, um, exactly. And there's another quote, that it's not uh, from uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, we are always getting to live but never living.
1: Oh, which is, tell which
0: me is, that. <clears throat> which comes down, again, to perception sometimes, sometimes not necessarily always. But a lot of the times we are so uh, engaged in the things that matter a little that we actually forget to live. Uh, can you elaborate so. on that?
1: You see, the problem with this is that, you know, human nature, by its very, uh, basically, hardwired programming, is not going to ever be satisfying. It's just the way we are. Our very genes, of course, until we reach, again, uh, this is going to be covered in the other book, uh, until we reach the year 2050 or, to, uh, to, let's say, uh, 2100 where we can actually uh, transform ourselves as a species with the help of technology, until we have not have access, found access to our DNA coding, the way our current hardwares, that is our current bodies are designed, is that we are somehow not able to change our desire for more. As soon as we achieve one goal, we have to achieve another. And that thrill of excitement and accomplishment will soon disappear, and we have to find ourselves in a situation where either we find the next big thing, or we just say, is that all there is? Right. And because of this, humanity is insatiable in nature. Once we understand that, then a lot of those mindless pursuits that are oftentimes programmed into us, not by our genes, but by the society and social conditioning, can then somehow be, become a lot less important. And we tend to ignore those and focus on what truly matters. And that, of course, by the author's expression, is growth with the help of flow, which we're going to cover hopefully in a <coughs>
0: Right, and um, uh, I I wanna uh, build on what you just said, and uh, you know uh, I my one of my mentors regarding human you were talking about the DNA uh, modification. we uh, we actually had an episode on that too, but then of course of, we did. One of my um, uh, amazing mentors, Ray, Ray uh, Kurzweil, um, always says uh, DNA, our DNA, our software is a very outdated. Software and he's uh, and he builds up on that saying, I'm not talking met- metaphorically here. I-, I I really mean it. It's actually data inside our genes that are be- has been encoded and pass- passes on to different parts of our body, and it's very outdated. It's a millions of years old. So it's exactly.
1: True. And by the way, I do not think of our DNA program as just software. I do believe it's it is hardware because certain things that we do, let's say sugar. Uh, let's say sexual uh, activities and mating certain things actually dumps up the uh, dopamine in our brains so it's not just yeah. a software it is a combination of well, software so so, and so so
0: so the the, the information that is actually in, uh, stored in DNA is the is the software but when you actually do introduce sugar the software decides to release the dopamine or uh,
1: exactly so, so yeah. both of those and uh, hopefully, for, for the time being, of course, because before I read the book, uh, basically, uh, Homo Deus, I was uh, focused mainly on flow. But now I believe that until we find that next step, once we <coughs> reach synergy, basically, right. and we can actually change our DNA modifications and uh, programming, until then, the only choice we have is flow.
0: Yeah, true. Very true. And uh, with that, I'm going to move on to the next bits. and. Look, so the, the book, I'm going to quote something, but uh, I want to have a pretext here because I have to explain, like, give, give you the context. So we are, we are beings uh, that we, we are putting our attention at any given moment somewhere, whether it's our work, whether it's um, our phones or our media or whatever. And um, there, there we go to the book, and I'm quoting off the book right now. It is really a battle for the self. It is a struggle for establishing control over attention. So the, the, one of the valuable assets that we have is our attention, our focus, and exactly. what we give it to. Uh, sometimes we just end up watching, like binge watching TV shows, and I am guilty of such activity, which gives us a lot of pl- pleasure momentarily. I'm
1: guessing Westworld <laughs> is one of those TV series. Oh yeah.
0: Well, I, I didn't and get British. to binge watch that because I was watching it one, um, as it was coming out, so I, I couldn't. But I would That's if great. I had the if I had the chance to binge watch it. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so what do you think of that? Uh, uh, this this uh, battle for for attention. For our attention you see this is ultimately
1: the number one skill in life everything comes from this you see uh the only thing in life that you have full control over it is your attention you don't even have full control over your body sorry to break it to you my man but you do not have full control over your body sure. you have not been able to control your aging process again until we reach singularity uh you do not right. have any control over uh changing a, a lot of the things about your body the only thing you have control over is your conscious mind and that is the only thing you need to build the kind of life that you really want and because of this uh, ultimately the study of life is the study of your attention where does your attention go that's where your energy your life energy flows wherever attention goes energy flows, flows and you. that will then determine the very life that you will experience the very difference between happiness and sadness, depression and excitement, hopefulness versus losing hope, all of this comes down to one thing, and that is your attention. Once it's right, to invest in the right things, then, of course, life will become a lot more meaningful and a lot more exciting.
0: Uh, I agree with you. And I am going to quote something else from the gentleman named Edmund Burke of the book. He who wrestles with us strengthens our nerves and sharpens our skills our antagonist is our hel- helper which actually reminds me of the ter- trio- the batman trilogy of christopher nolan um, oh what yeah and he was you and cynics both you guys love this bad <laughs> well right i now. really like christopher nolan and of course that that's his product so yeah and so are you a huge mm-hmm. fan of the uh, good characters or the bad because i
1: heard that uh, i don't know why <laughs> The movies of Christopher Nolan, uh, usually the negative, the the, the heroes are a lot more popular, like Joker and it's very who's that the other guy?
0: <clears throat> oh, Bane. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, Bane and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. heard these are a lot more attractive generally than the than Batman in, in those movies. I have not watched them basically, but yeah. I heard anybody who watched the movie, that's what they said.
0: So I I could agree on that. Like it has a lot of. Uh, gravitas. These characters have a lot of gravitas and that one of the reasons that I think that is is when we make movies as uh, like we have made movies technically we have really created the line and saying this is the bad guy hate him, hate him, hate him um, Christopher Nolan doesn't do that it doesn't encourage you to like the character but uh, his characters are uh, something that we aspire to be but not in a criminal way meaning that they're smart, they know what they're doing they're technical. Um, they're they're driven. They're motivated, but in the wrong way, of course. <laughs> so so and he doesn't draw the line, uh, encouraging you to hate the characters. So That's right. what we, I think, uh, cling on to uh, is rather their positive tra- traits that makes them very successful against Batman at times. And then uh, that, uh, otherwise, if, if it wasn't a toe-to-toe battle, it wouldn't be interesting, of course. So interesting. they have to be. And let successful. me ask
1: you one question about this one, because you really love this one.
0: Right. Uh,
1: what feelings do you have, or at least what feelings you had when you first watched Batman for the first time?
0: Right, so the the second, so there, there are three of them. The first one uh, is a little bit different. It doesn't have a, a gigantic. Um, uh, the villain. one that you love the most, which, whichever you love the so most. So that's the problem. That Between the second one and the third one, whenever I watch the second one, I say, oh, definitely the second one. I love the second one the most. Fair and and then I, when Look, I watch the now. third think one. It's
1: second, a... <laughs> okay, cool. Think
0: of that second one right now. Right. Think of the first
1: time you watched the second Batman movie. Right. And Describe for me your feelings during that like how did you feel when you were watching that movie for the first time
0: right so first of all like there was there are different very different layers but i'm going to stick to one and that's where we were talking about uh the, the second one is the one with the joker and uh, i was so fascinated by this character joker that i actually as you mentioned liked him at the, at that time i didn't i wasn't talking to different people saying everybody likes this character so at that moment i i looked at myself and i was r- relatively young i was like um uh, I don't know, 16, 17, 18. I don't know exactly, but some somewhere around, uh, around those times. Uh, and then I, I thought to myself, uh, what's wrong with me? Why am I liking this guy? <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> so, but you see, this is, yeah. of course, about the character development. That's a different story. Right. But my concern now is about that feeling. I'm pretty sure when you were watching that movie that you really loved, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure a few things happened. Number one, time flew by. You lost... Oh, Touch with the passage of time. Am I right?
0: Yeah, well, absolutely.
1: Number sure. one. So you had no, idea, like, dude, it's five minutes and now it's ten. Like, it's not like this. So, number one, you lost track of time. Number right. two, I'm guessing, you felt that you have lost touch with Pujix, with Puya, and right. you have become one with the characters in that movie, and your sense of self disappeared. I could Am I, right? s-
0: I could say this I was fully immersed. Yes. I wasn't exactly. aware of my surroundings. No.
1: Exactly. This is exactly what we call flow. Precisely. This is flow. What is flow? Flow is that feeling you have when the passage of time disappears. When you're one with the task, your sense of self disappears. And then after you have experienced that flow, uh, basically, moment, then you come back to your senses. But this time, you're a lot stronger and you're a lot more complex than you were before that experience. And this, my man, is what we call flow. We want to have a life as if we are watching Batman and Joker every single day. This is what I call a good life. If you design a lifestyle where for you, you have the exact same feeling of watching Batman and Joker go at it 24-7, 365 days a year, you have a life that I call 100% flow. Now, I'm not going to say that it's possible to have a life that is 100% flow-based. we can try our best to get as close as we can and that my man is the very definition of flow to our audience if you don't want to know what flow is we just heard flow described for you in action
0: yeah it's 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 a it's very true and uh that that but that's uh you know state of being fully immersed and you know not not understanding what's happening in In your surrounding, and I don't mean your physical surrounding, I mean surrounding that activity, whatever is happening outside that activity. You are completely unaware unaware of it uh, or or very close to completely unaware of it, and you don't feel time passing that that well. So Um, let me ask a little questions right now. So Pujix, what are the other
1: activities that for you are like watching the second Batman movie? What other activities give you the same feeling of absorption and immersion?
0: Uh, there are actually quite a bit. So a lot of times when I'm reading books, I am uh, – well, the books that I like, of course, um, I am in that state. I remember – and it, which, which makes life a little bit difficult, especially when I'm reading the book in, in the subway or something because I like to optimize on my time, right? And then I have to also – Keep my conscious mind on the, on my stop, so I'm not passing my stop. So it's a little bit difficult like that. But oh like, my goodness! And of
1: course, sometimes you get distracted by those uh, interesting skirts on the side. You never as well, know
0: sometimes. what's going to happen. <laughs>
1: That's right. So
0: yeah, of course, there are distractions in, in in a public place more so than any any other place for various reasons. But uh, so yeah, reading books are one of but playing video games. Oh oh goodness, it's 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 huge. <laughs> you get fully. So process. you play video games. That's another
1: great. Thing. I I actually heard. From uh, I read this in the blog of uh, Mihai Cheeks and Mihai, who actually said many game makers and game developers right now are actually using flow precisely by the methodology that is offered in the book. Mm-hmm. That is, they are using flow in their games.
0: That's amazing. And, and
1: later on, of course, we're going to explain the exact condition of flow later on with that chart with uh, challenge on one side and skill on the other. But generally, it's really like this. And I don't know about your gaming habits. What kind of games do you actually play that give you that? Because, for example, a lot of my friends play online games. And quite frankly, I just lo- – I, I don't like online games no, really. So play them, I don't. I don't, don't like, appreciate online you, games. Like so what kind of games give you that real state of flow?
0: You know, I mean, the the, the when I play uh... – Free roll games with with the story like um, one of the most recent. Well, actually, this is not a free role game, but one of the most recent ones. I I believe you played it too. Is the the uh, the game Detroit Become Human? Uh, oh my! It's it, a very just, different. Wow, man, that's a yeah. so
1: wonderful. We can actually talk once about uh, uh what kind of games we can actually play because let's be honest, video game industry right now. I heard earlier from my business partner. He said in Canada alone, one point eight billion dollars per year is spent on video games yeah. 1.8 billion per year so it's a huge industry yeah. and because of this a lot of people who are currently listening to us right now probably are playing some kind of games and i think we should dedicate in the future one episode to actually talk That's about how to choose the right games yeah. and of course the other reason that i'm sure you loved detroit was because you and i are both futurists so that book <laughs> really that game really uh, focused on the very issue of androids becoming humans and that's why we loved it so much
0: yeah well that's that's definitely one of the reasons and um i, I really love the structure of the decision tree structure of the game that so you I get think to... you're
1: a huge <laughs> fan of like also rpg games where you have to sure. make decisions
0: yeah yeah very much and, and you like
1: dialogue rich games
0: i do exactly that's Dude, that's we have true. the
1: exact same preference in <laughs> because unfortunately nowadays most people just play friggin' call of duties and nah, other I'm kind nice. of games. i'm not against those by the way i right. think they're nice but generally, they're just waste of time, quite frankly. I mean, like, because we can literally transform ourselves and use video games also as a means of experiencing stories and fictions. And uh, for me, of course, I use them for another reason as well. I use my gaming consoles to uh, have immersions in different languages other than English. I've never played a game in English for the past, I guess. 10 years or so, I guess. Oh, so wow, that's another great path. You can actually challenge yourself to play video games in different languages. is great because most of these video games come with subtitles right. and you can actually practice, let's say your French or whatever, and, and you can actually work on them. It's wonderful. But generally, uh, that feeling of playing a video game, mm-hmm. of watching your favorite movie or TV series or being immersed in that musical experience that you're having with your favorite, let's say, music. Uh, played in your ears as you're jogging or whatever it is there are many experiences in life where we just lose ourselves and that my man is the very definition of happiness and that's what flow is all about
0: uh yeah and you mentioned the uh the the chart uh, in in this in this very book and i am hammering myself finding that chart on in this in the in the ebook version that i have but i can't find it don't um, worry i'm going
1: to explain right now to yeah. the whole audience so yeah. oh actually i found it have,
0: well, Yay. okay cool you found it <laughs> yes
1: fantastic so would you go ahead right now and explain to the people
0: well sure uh, i mean uh, so so I, i'm gonna uh, give you how i'm gonna describe to you because this is an audio program i'm gonna describe That's to right. you what this chart looks like and uh, and then uh, you're talking about the anxiety boredom right Absolutely. all so, right oh, right. There we go. And so, low so, in between. Right. Exactly. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe to you f- uh, visually what this uh, chart looks like, and then you can uh, explain what this chart means. So, so think of a tr- uh, rectangle, uh, and on the so there is there is a the, on the diagonal there is a channel that is called the flow channel. Uh, below this diagonal, you will have a triangle. Let's call this the bottom triangle. It's That's right. it's called boredom. And on the top of this uh, the diagonal, let's call this there you have there you have a, another triangle. Let's call that anxiety. And That's right. the the vertical axis it's are, uh, it's called challenges going from the low to the high, from below to the top. And the horizontal axis of this uh, rectangle is called skills going from low to high, from left to right. So so now you can, and then in the middle we have the flow channel on the diagonal. So now you can go ahead and explain what this is supposed to mean. So ultimately flow
1: is that experience that we have that is neither boring nor stressful. Let's be honest, man. In our modern world, the majority of people spend, unfortunately, most of their time in a state that is of either boredom or stress. That's a tragedy of modern life, but that's what it is. When you're waiting and you're bored in that freaking queue and you're waiting for a long time in line to get that let's say, burger, at that time you are bored and you are not happy. At the same time, when you are stressed, and what is stress exactly? Very simple. As defined by this chart, stress is when your skills to deal with the problems at hand, unfortunately, are below the challenges and the demands of the situation. In this case, you feel uh, that you cannot solve the problem, and that's when you experience stress. So ultimately, what is flow? Flow is a state in the middle of these two. It is when your skills and talents correspond with the challenge at hand, not above and not below. Right. Think of, for example, video games, which is used as, as a great way to describe flow. And think of different difficulty settings, different levels. When you typically start a video game, at the early stages, the challenges are not that difficult. And usually you're uh, basically offered a tutorial that explains how to play the game. Press this button to do this one. Press that one to do this one. And then you're informed about how to play the game in the first few chapters. And gradually, here's what happens in all video games. Gradually, every level increases the level of story detail as well as the challenges. So whatever game, whatever challenge it means, challenge could mean that you have to, let's say, shoot more down shoot down more enemies. It could mean you have to solve more puzzles. It means you have to find other things or make more decisions. If, it, if you're playing RPG games, you have to actually loot more items and get uh, collect cash and whatnot. So ultimately, as you are playing along, the challenge goes up, and so does your skill as a player. Nice. Now, as a gamer, you know this. If the game does not do that... Then what happens? You get bored. Dude, man, I gotta do the exact same thing again and again and again and again. I'm bored. On the other hand, think of some games that are very famous for making you frustrated. Think of, I forgot the name of these. There are some games that are really built for masochists in nature. <laughs> and uh, Dark Soul, Yes, Dark, Dark I remember that right now. Well, Dark I haven't Souls. played
0: the game, but yeah, okay.
1: Dark Soul, I heard it's literally designed to piss you off. Like, literally. <laughs> they have actually, intentionally, it's a Japanese developer have designed. Now, that's the very definition of stress. This game is designed precisely and intentionally in a way that you will never be able to face with the challenges at hand and the only way to succeed in the game is to die again and again and again and to replay some parts again and again until you can pass it. Essentially to increase
0: your skills, basically.
1: Exactly. And that's very painful. So great. And most games aren't like this, by the way. Most games are designed in a way that your skills will match your current uh, ability, uh, your current challenge. And this will allow you to gradually increase both. And that's the other uh, element of this chart in that flow is not something that happens once. It is a continuous process that requires you to progressively increase two elements in your life. Can you name those two elements?
0: Uh, sorry, increase two elements in your life.
1: Exactly, which are challenges.
0: Oh, okay. As and well as skills. Skills. Right.
1: This becomes your life's mission. The happiest people on earth are the people in which number one, they're always growing, always
0: mm-hmm. improving skills.
1: happiness yeah. requires you to keep moving. You cannot sit and stay somewhere and be happy. So, number one, they are moving up in the chart towards higher levels of skill. And what's the second element, Fujix? Challenges. Exactly. They are also simultaneously increasing the level of challenge in their life. In poker, we call this upping the ante. It means that as your skill goes up, you also increase your challenge. And that's precisely what we mean by 10X, because we both, uh-huh. uh, you and I, are, are a fan of the 10X lifestyle. And both of us, both of us, uh, we've actually uh, have one mentor called uh, Grant Cardone, who has taught us about this matter. So Sorry. that's the exact tenets and that you focus on improving your level of skill and ability while simultaneously you increase the challenges in your life willingly. You right. don't just improve your skills and then do nothing. You improve, Because if you do so, life becomes boring. Because Absolutely. In that case, the challenges do not meet the basically your current level of skill. So you want to simultaneously up the ante and increase the size of and the ambitiousness of your goal steadily along the way as you increase your ability, which means ultimately happiness is work. You see, right. happiness is not sitting on a friggin' beach and just drinking uh, some, uh, let's say, uh, juice or some drink or whatever <laughs> it is, because I personally don't drink a lot of alcohol. So that's not happiness. Happiness is a work. It's it's a labor. It's, it's a process that requires you to constantly improve yourself while increasing the demands and the size of your goals. Whether it's to increase your income, to lose more weight, to run a little bit longer, to be able to uh, draw much better, to learn a new language, whatever it is you want to up the ante, and that's exactly what we see everywhere because human nature is like this. You will never be satisfied, and you must always increase the challenge, no matter what.
0: Very good, very very informative. It, it was a good description of this uh, this chart. By the way, I'm gonna we're gonna put up the. A, a photo of this chart on our website. So if Fantastic. you're if you're listening to the to us on iTunes or uh, Google Play, you might want to go to the website and uh, take a peek of the, uh, of the of the chart to basically have the visual aspect of this thing too. Fantastic. Um,
1: Would you tell our listeners the website?
0: Right. It's um, actually that's a good question. What was the website? So it's uh, btp.podbean.com. Exactly. Uh, btp.podbean.com. So, Btp. It's btp.pp
1: B-T-P-P.
0: BTPP, yeah yeah sorry good good catch.
1: BTPP.potbean.com is where we host the original things but of course uh, if you're a listener you can just find the links also on iTunes as well as Google Play and we're going to helpfully have you there as well.
0: right 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 and uh, yeah so so that's that's essentially where you find yourself in the flow if there's too much uh, challenge, uh, and you have too little skill, that's going to be ang- ang- uh, anxious. You get anxious. It's not This fun, is exactly course, the feeling and...
1: that we have right now in the world of international business, by the way, Pujic. So right. This is the exact feeling. Why? Because the exchange rates are changing dynamically. The tariffs are changing. The world politics and the relationship between nations are changing oh, yeah. so much. So we cannot keep up pace. We experience what? Stress. Yeah, and stress that's anxiety. not the happiest feelings of all. So we like changes. But when changes are too rapid, then, of course, this causes a lot of stress. And that's not what flow is all about flow is about creating a life condition where yes things are getting tougher but so do your skills and if they happen at a pace where they correspond one another and that's yeah. called flow
0: precisely and uh, we're of course coming to the uh, end part of the show so i'm gonna read the the last uh, couple of uh paragraphs of the book itself to you uh, bear with me. In the past few thousand years, a mere split second in evolutionary time, humanity has achieved incredible advances in the differentiation of consciousness. We have developed the realization that mankind is separate from other forms of life. We have conceived uh, of an individual human beings as parts from one another. We have invented abstraction and analysis, the ability to uh, separate. Uh, dimensions of objects and process from each other, such as the velocity of falling object from its weight and its mass. It is uh, it is this, this differentiation that has uh, produced science, technology, and the unprecedented unpre- uh, power of mankind to build up and to destroy its environment. But wow. complexity consists of integration as well as differentiation. The task of the next decades and centuries is to realize this underdeveloped component of the mankind just As we have learned to separate ourselves from each other and form the environment, we now need to learn how to reunite ourselves with other entities around us without losing our hard-won individuality. The most promising faith for the future might be based on the realization that the entire universe is a system related by common laws and that it makes no sense to impose our dreams and desires on nature without taking them into account, recognizing the limitations of human will, accept, uh, human will, accepting a cooperative rather than a ruling role in the universe. We should feel the relief of the exile who is finally returning home. The problem of, uh, the problem of meaning will then be resolved as the individual's purpose merge with the universe, universal flow.
1: Fantastic. So true, man. This is yeah. what we call, of course, I'm guessing is from the last chapter. which It was the, begin-
0: the last couple of uh, paragraphs of the whole book.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I love the last chapter the most, which is called The Making of Meaning, because it really talks about the fact that life by itself is meaningless, and that despite what most cultures and religions have tried to tell us, ultimately life itself is meaningless, and it's our job as a species to give meaning to our lives And if we give that meaning to our lives using flow, then everybody will benefit. A lot of the problems right now we have in this world is because people don't understand the flow concept. The majority of this political problem that we are right now having in this world is because of this. Imagine if our leaders around the world, the global leaders around the world from all countries had any notion of flow, then they would not try to create flow by causing problem for their people. Because let's be honest, that's exactly like a game. And I really feel like that right now we live in a world where our leaders are playing a video game, like a game, and they don't even care about their own people. They just want to have fun. And that's not fair, of course. So by having that great grasp of reality, as well as trying to use flow in a way that is incongruent with the wills and the desires of other people, uh, this will lead to a tremendous uh, improvement in the very quality of our lives as a species
0: such a good book such a good book i i am with you on this this is definitely on my uh, the... this book is
1: my number one most yeah. favorite book of all time and i'm pretty sure the second will be uh Dios*, of course
0: right yeah i mean i have a few books that i say like it's must read these all. books
1: are life-changing i mean yeah. when you read a book about let's say think of our last uh, book review that we had the art of not giving a fuck for us these books are great but they do not change your very life because these books puts you outside of the current social conditioning Mm -hmm. because the book flow for example this book rejects consumerism as a whole and considers uh the the never-ending pursuit of wealth and status and these things and buying the latest bullshit that nobody cares about ultimately as futile and worthless and because of this this book literally makes you feel like a stranger in a new land as if you (laughs) feel like these people they're wasting their time you look around the world Differently, it Precisely. kind of reminds me of like the movie The Matrix. Like oh, yeah. in terms of movies, uh, like uh, my, of course my two favorite movies of all are, are one The Matrix and number two, of course, is Up in the Air, starring George Clooney. And just like these two books have really changed the way I look at the world, the book Flow literally at first, made me feel like a stranger in a foreign land, where I realized, dude, these guys are just living a feudal life. you you got to live like this. (laughs) And because of the fact that this can really change and transform the way you live your life from tomorrow, I highly recommend you guys this book. It's going to be a wonderful book. My most number one favorite book of all time. Perhaps the only book that I would recommend everyone, because maybe some people do not like futurism and might not enjoy uh, Homo Dios, but this book is good for anyone and everyone. Truly amazing book.
0: Very true. Go get it. Go get it right this second. Um, I don't know if you want a physical copy, if you want an uh, ebook, or if you want to listen to it. It's up to you that part. <laughs> but go get it, like right this second, and start reading it right away. Don't, not tomorrow. Not the day after. Right away. And with that, we are coming to. Uh, we have come to the end of the show, and I want to thank you, Dan, again for being with us. It is my pleasure. And thank you guys again for uh, staying with us, listening to us. Go get the book. It would be amazing for you. I'm pretty sure you're going to uh, get joy out of it. I'm pretty sure about that. And until the next episodes uh, to come, uh, have a good one. Take care of yourselves.